Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where I'm your host Chris Loder and this week I'm joined by former jockey Paul Callahan and Betfair's Mark Karoski and we'll be looking at this Saturday's Sandown card where it's the jumps finale. We'll be going through five races there and all of them will be available to watch on ITV but before we get stuck into them let's just see how the lads are. Paul how's it going? Haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks. How are you keeping? You're in uh, good form. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, it seems like an, an age since I was last on the, on the show. But um, yeah, it's kind of just very sad news at, at the beginning of the week following the, the announcement, the sad passing of of Lorna Brooke. Um, I would have known Laura. I rode, rode, rode against Lorna, and I would have known her. Kind of got to know her a, a bit when I was at Henry Daly's, and she was. She was an incredible enthusiasm for life and indeed the, the point of pointing and, and was a very popular figure on the point of point circuit and indeed on the rules and she will be thoughts and prayers with her, with her family and many many friends she will be sorely missed um following her, her untimely death but um yeah that's really that's as, as bad as it gets isn't it you know i, I know horses can i'll not say replace but you know you get over your animals and it, it is it's not nice like but you know a jockey the passing of a jockey from a fallen race, I think that that is as as bad as things get. Um, but yeah, moving on on a personal level, things going well. Working away now, back broadcasting in the Boyle Sports Studio with shops in England and the Isle of Man opened, and um, I think the shops in in Northern Ireland open next week. Which we're still question marks over the shops in Ireland open, but thank thankfully working away. Yes, it's been unfortunately a really sad week after. It was announced on Monday that Lorna Brooke had sadly passed away as a result of her injuries from a fall at Taunton a couple of weeks ago. So we send our thoughts and prayers to our family and friends. You know, it's not very nice at all. I can't remember my time in racing. Obviously, I've not been in the game for many years, but I think it's the first time uh, since I've been following the sport that I've known a jockey to unfortunately pass away doing their job, you know. And yeah, it's just really, really sad. But yeah, away from that, how you been, Mark? Uh, again, you've not been on for a couple of weeks. How are you keeping? Yeah, I've been uh, quite busy uh, with day-to-day work uh, with, with Bitfair. Um, but yeah, just I uh, I echo Paul Callahan's uh, sort of outlook on things with Lorna Brooke. I mean, it's obviously terrible news. Um, puts things in perspective. And um, it's good to see sort of everyone in racing sort of coming together. And it just it does remind you, like, racing is a, a dangerous sport. And um, yeah, it's just very unfortunate, and obviously condolences to to Lorna Brooks family. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I've just just been keeping busy, Chris. Um, but good good to be back on the podcast. Um, obviously, you've got myself and Paul, Mark in the car, so certainly not be any short of any winners this week. Yeah, we'll probably have a load of uh, favourites, so you'll be putting up. So uh, yeah, back to back to the usual format, eh? But yeah, let's get stuck into it then. Like I said, at the top of the show, we are going to be focusing our attention to Sandown on Saturday, going through all the jumps races there. And we're going to be kicking off with the opening race, the 155, the Bet365 Novices Championship Final Handicap Hurdle, just shy of two miles. I'll come to Paul on this one. Paul, who did you like in the opening race? I've gone with the, the Alan King trained on to victory. His jumping can be a bit iffy. He's fallen on two of his last five starts over hurdles, but he is fairly decent when, when things come together for him, as we saw at Warwick on his latest outing when he ran out an easy winner 
that was a, his second victory in three runs over hurdles. He can release a little keen, but he's partnered once again by Tom Cannon, I think was on board his, his Warwick success. And I think Tom Cannon can't confirm, but I'd imagine he would have had the, the choice of partnering the stable mate Isolate. So I've come down on the side of Vaughan's victory. Yeah, it definitely has been running quite well this season. And those Henry Ponsonby colours, we see them with the likes of uh, Who Dares Wins, Scarlet Dragon, you know, some of these dual purpose horses. And yeah, onto victory, showing ability on both codes. And you like to think maybe he's definitely got a nice race in him. And yeah, I can see your angle in with him. I quite liked P- Pavlovsky for Chris Gordon, Sam Swiston Davis. Tom Cannon would normally ride for uh, Chris Gordon if uh, he, he wasn't riding for Alan King, but uh, not a negative jockey book in, in my opinion. Paloski, I like to be handy. He likes to go from the front and he's got some smart form this season. And uh, I think off the mark of 128, he can be quite competitive and he might be able to sneak the frame. How about you, Mark? Uh, did you like anything at the top of the market or were you looking for a complete outsider? Um. I think you've been looking at my notes again, Chris Lothar. I'm quite keen on Pazwalski as well uh, for Chris uh, Gordon and Sam Twiston Davis. Um, I think the form behind Dan Skellen's Marada, 110 on the 7th of March, in a strong form, uh, finishes second on that occasion. Followed up with a comfortable win at Kempton on the 20th of March, uh, beating the progressive and the highly tried Shaw Fan Jack. Um, I think 8 to one's a decent price at the moment. Um, and as you say, only off 128. I still think there's room for improvement here. And it's, it's a progressive sort. Um, and obviously it did bump into one I think on the 7th of March so it potentially could be four wins in a row here I mean I think this could be a one one three five one forty horse um, I think I think 8 to 1 is a big price Yeah I completely agree with you Chris actually went quite close in this race with uh, one of his stable stars Highway uh, 101 uh, about three years ago just got touched off uh, in the closing stages but yeah it's a race he seems that he likes to target so a Pavlovsky if I can pronounce it correctly for me and Mark and uh, Paul was quite sweet on the chances of onto victory. We then move on to a four-runner race. Probably be pretty quick here. It's the Bet365. Oaksy Chase, a grade two, over two miles and six furlongs. Um, Frodon is the favourite here. Do you think he'll take all the beating mark, or do you think there could be an upset? I think it's. I think Frodon's the one to beat here. Uh, top rated, uh, big step down in class. I mean, this is a King George winner here. Um, obviously, this is stepping down in trip as well to two miles six, but that, that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, ground shouldn't be an issue. Um, I know Mr. Fisher, I mean, this one likes to try and make the running as well. Um, I think Frodon's so, so reliable. It just gets into a rhythm. Mr. Fisher, I mean, obviously, unseated rider last time out. I mean, if Frodon puts Mr. Fisher under pressure um, in the jumping area, I mean, I could see this one maybe hitting a few. I just think Frodon is it's very obvious here. Um, and obviously, you've got Born Survivor for Dan and Harry Skelton. That's, that's got a lot to find on the ratings. Um, I, just, I think, I think Frodon 8 to 13. Obviously, I'm not one for, for piling out those prices, but I, mean, I think Frodon should probably be around the 1 or 2 mark, 2 to 5. I think definitely the one to be here. Yeah, definitely on, on form, he's the one to 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 um to beat. Obviously, King George winner, you know, and on paper, he, he, he looks like he's well in here on the ratings and he only has to give away £6 to like a born to survive a Minotarian. So he should be easily capable of doing that. What could be interesting here, though, is the tactics because Mr Fisher, they did make the running with him last time. So it'd be interesting to see how Nico lines up. But if they do let Frodon have a soft lead, you imagine he'll probably be very hard to peg back. Are we in agreement here, Paul? Yeah, I can't can't see anything other than, than a Froden win. Um, if, you know, if he runs the form, providing that the Gold Cup hasn't left, 
you know, too much of a mark on him. He finished fifth. Providing that hasn't left his mark on him, he takes the beat and that's it. You know, I think if Mr. Fisher, I think Froden Brownie will obviously line up to make it. And if he get, I don't, can't imagine you get too much of an easy lead, but I don't think it'll inconvenience her too much. And um, I think it would take a fair horse and performance to lie up with Froden on a going day. So I think if he runs the form, he, as the price reflects, he, he takes the beat. Yeah, he definitely could be one for, for the multiples if you like uh, punting that way on Saturday. We then um, move on then to uh, one of the feature races of the day, the 305, the Bet365 Celebration Chase, a grade one. This is a little bit more like it here. Some uh, big names on show, but the Catalan, Altior, Serial, come to you here, Paul. Um, is there anything um, you particularly liked here? Do you think put the Catalan could be vulnerable? I'd say she might be. I think she generally runs her race, um, and she has, you know, Aidan Coleman gets particularly a, a good tune out of her. But again, she had quite a hard race. I think at Cheltenham, you know, she was a game winner, and you can't really, you can't take anything away from the, the performance. But Altior, you'd imagine that Altior is just Altior. He's only in one run this season. He's clearly had his issues. He's not getting any younger, so I'd be prepared to take him on at the prices. I would go with So Royal. He, of course, in distance winner, he met traffic problems at Cheltenham, and he was only beating three and three quarter lengths in the end by put the kettle on. Again, question marks, and I don't kind of I don't want to want to harp on about the, you know, how much of a mark that has has the festival left on him as well, or, or indeed any of the runners lining up. But I think you know everyone will be in agreement that you know we'll soon be the wiser shortly after five past three, but. At the prices, I would be prepared to take put the kettle on and Altior on with So Royal. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I thought So Royal was so unlucky in the Champion Chase. If uh, anyone hasn't gone back and watched the replay, I urge you to, to go back and watch it because he was travelling so well and he was just about to make his challenge and then he just got squeezed out at a vital stage and he pretty much nearly got shuffled back to, uh, to, to last place and he still was able to finish a really respectable fifth place after that in- inconvenience. And I'm convinced if he had a smoother passage, I think he could have won. Uh, I know that might sound a bit outlandish, but I do think put the kettle on. She is a grand old mare, you know, but I think she has been fortunate in a couple of her victories, um, you know, and, and she definitely has had the rub of the green, but you create your own luck, as they say, and she's stayed out of trouble. She gets a seven pounds allowance and she really does capitalise on that. Out your... In my opinion, it's hard to know where we're at with him. I'd love to see him put in a great performance. But for me, yeah, Surreal, I think he'll he'll go well. He's a previous course and distance winner, as are a couple of these. But I think he'll go well. And I'll also, as well, give a mention to Nutswell. Again, he was quite unlucky, I thought, at uh, Aintra. I don't think he would have beaten Fakir Dujuri. But um, I think he would have made it more of a race anyway. And it could have been a closer finish. And I think dropping back in trip to two miles won't be a problem. He's very versatile over two miles, two and a half miles. I think the stiff uphill finish at Sandown could play to his strengths and the good ground is in his favour. I think he could maybe stay on and maybe nick a place. So, yeah, he, I, I think he, he's definitely a, a worthy opponent to maybe fill the frame. But, yeah, I think Sarah might be able to get the job done here. He's been in fantastic form. How about you, um, Mark? Are we keen on the chances of put the kettle on or... Do you like Altior or Sarah? I think this is, is quite competitive. Um, obviously, I know that you guys get the allowance, put the kettle on here, £7, but I, mean, I don't 
don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing agreeing with you here, Chris Loder, but I do think it was a fortunate win last time out. And that form on the 27th of December, Shaken Prisois, that doesn't look great form now to me. Obviously, notebook's been hammered since the same race at Nutswell running. Again, Nutswell was coming at challenge. Might it was Danny McMenamin, I think, was on board, went for a, a gap that potentially might not have been there. And obviously the winner, Fakir de Reis, came on the outside. Um I mean, put the kettle on. I could have had a hard race as well. How how's she going to recover from from that run at Cheltenham? You know, the, if there's one that you want to be taking on in the seven to four mark, I mean, this this is probably one. Um, I think four to seven in the field here looks value. You know, as you see, you've got Al Altura there. I mean, it could potentially be a bit of an unknown quantity, but didn't run at Cheltenham, so fresh. And obviously that run at in the in the Kempton um, around Boxing Day. What was it that bad a run really? Because Newbury Niggers will finish second that day. Um, I think there's enough in this field to take on, put the kettle on. And if you can get around, maybe get around twos on, maybe 1.6 in the place mark, I think this could be a win in place lay, put the kettle on. So, yeah, it seems like we're all against her um, for Sandown, but uh, who knows? Um, she does keep winning, and but I agree with you. I think she has been very fortunate, and there's a few others in here that might hopefully just get the rub of the green, and I'm hoping that green will be for Sir Royale. So there we go then. So it's Sir Royale for Poole, and uh, Mark's very keen to take on, put the kettle on. We then move on to the feature race of uh, the card there, the Bet365 Gold Cup Handicap Chase, a grade three over three miles and four furlongs. It's going to be a gruelling race, and what a surprise, we currently have an Irish favourite in the shape of Plan of Attack for Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromhead. Do we think the Irish will take another one of our big handicaps, Mark? Or is there any British uh, runners that maybe hopefully be able to spoil the party? I was quite keen on the uh, the bottom weight here, Supreme Escape for Evan Williams. Tom O'Brien takes the rides. Um, I think it was a good winner last time out at Chepstow on the 25th of March, uh, beating Goodnight Charlie by two and a half lengths. James Bowen took the ride that day. I think the key to this horse is the ground. If you if you look back at uh, the form, it's really only been run on a heavy and soft ground. Obviously, as a, a result of that, it's not too high in the weights. Um, so look, look at the form here. It's the first time it's ever encountered good ground. He's going to get that at Sandown on, on Saturday. Um, and this one does stay. Um, obviously, running three mile six, um, around Chepstow, three mile four, probably work out about the same with a steep uphill finish. Off bottom weight, I think this one's uh, and he's off a low weight again. Um, this this doesn't look that competitive, and obviously you've got the Irish runner taking up uh, a lot of the market. Just the fact that it is obviously Rachel Blackmore on board. I mean, there's a bit of value. I mean, he was very free to one. I think yesterday's currently sixteen to one now, but I think that that's a bit of value, especially if you're placing the uh, or you're playing in the additional place market. I just think this one is definitely going to stay. And the ground, I mean, absolutely love the ground. Last time I was going to get the same conditions, same trip. Um, jumped well. This has been ticks a lot of boxes. I'd be surprised if this one doesn't go single figures on the day. Yeah, he's still on an upward trajectory, I would say. And I think this is, like you hit the nail on the head there, I don't think this is a great race compared to some of the previous editions over the years. We were meant to be having planned Zobo here before he got taken out and he's now going to the Punchtown Festival and it would have been great to see him have a crack in this race because after his entry when you would have thought he uh, would probably take all the beating in this race. The one I like has actually come in for a little bit of support and that's Irish Prophecy for Tom Bellamy and Emma Lavelle. I can understand earlier, I was looking at uh, the prices and it was around about 20 to 1 but it has come in for some support. This uh, horse, again, 
uh, the key to it will be the ground and it looks like this has been a potential target i did read somewhere though a few weeks ago that the scottish national had been the original plan but maybe they want to come to sandown because it's got good course form it's won at the track before um and they think that potentially this could have been a weaker race it looks like they've been saving it for a big pot after it absolutely bolted up at taunton when it was well back that day it does have a mark of one four two but i think in a race of this nature it might be able to uh, defy that would obviously take a career best but like i said like you said mark it doesn't look a great race on paper and that was the way i was thinking irish prophecy would be my selection for the race how about you paul um do you think the irish will win this one or are you looking elsewhere um, I'd be looking elsewhere. It's not ideal coming coming here, coming to stand down on the back of a fall. It was the fall of the, the festival when the last scene plan of attack that came in the in the Kim Muir. Of course, you know, it's very important at Sandown to get into a rhythm. And I've gone tentative selection here. I've gone with the Kim Bailey trained El Presence to mount or El Pres to mount of, of David Bass. Uh, yeah, I've gone with El President to mount of David Bass for trainer Kim Bailey. Generally runs his race. He was a winner of a listed chase. That listed win came at Wincanton back in November and he had Potterman just held beside behind him in second place. He finished last three finishers, however, when last seen at Ludlow in a race won by, by Check It Out. He will need to bounce back, but he does generally run his race. You'd imagine Bassie's going to be, be pretty keen and, and positive leaving the, the tapes and yeah I fancy the Kim Bailey I'll present to, to take the 340. Yeah he'll definitely relish the ground and I can see him probably being uh, holding his position in the market. I'm surprised that Plan of Attack is favourite for this race to be honest with you. His recent form figures look like a postcode and I don't think of the mark of a one for eight. He's that well treated, but what do I know? Eh? But yeah, El Presente. I think a lot of people are going to be swayed to to go for him. I think he's got he's an obvious one on paper, um, but I don't know if he has much more uh, leniency of his handicap mark. But he could run well. But yeah, that that's um, Paul's thoughts on the race. He goes for El Presente. I go for Irish Prophecy, and Mark goes for the Evan Williams Train Supreme Escape. We then uh, go to our last race that we're going to be previewing, which is the 4.15 that's hand down the Bet365 Select Hurdle. It's a grade two, not a bad looking uh, renewal, a few interesting types in here. Uh, we'll come to you here, uh, Paul. What did you like in this race? I'm a big fan of the Paul Weber trained in the fantasy book with the, the excellent Rex Dingle on board. She was beaten 14 lengths by Time Hill at Aintree. She finished fourth in the Mayor's Hurdle at Cheltenham. She was by an each-way selection in the, in the Mayor's Hurdle. She was only beaten, she's beaten about a little under five lengths by the winner. She finished fourth to 33 to one. I do think there's a decent pot in her. She would, she missed a number of engagements throughout the, the earlier on in the season, around December time, due to, to ground. And um, I just do, I think there's a decent pot in the Fallisbo. So I do, I think she can get get a, get a deserved victory on Saturday afternoon. Obviously, yeah, she won the, the Martin Pipe. I don't think, um, I think she was meant to be going chasing this season, but they kind of aborted those plans and stuck over hurdles. But yeah, she's definitely a classy mare on her day. And 
that uphill finish, you know, could just very well suit her. Uh, I thought this was quite a tricky race on paper to, to work out. Uh, if I had to play, I might go for You Never Call for David Bass and Kim Bailey's won this race uh, in the past. Uh, get £6 from the like of Call Me Lord, who I couldn't have in this race. And gets weight as well from Pictorian on the blind side. I thought he was quite an obvious one. But um, yeah, I thought it was quite a tight competitive race in all honesty. How about you, Mark? Um, what did you like? There's a runner in here actually named um, after my, or formerly my ex-girlfriend here. You never call. I'm quite keen on this one, Chris Loder. Um, again, I'm not sure it's a good thing if me and you are all, are all on point here, but uh, could never get in the, the Paddy Persteers hurdle last time out. Uh, Floor and an easy winner on that occasion, got too much rope in front, which we did tip up on the podcast. But uh, best form uh, is on a better better surface. Um, second over today's trip at Kempton behind Storm Goddess on the 9th of November. Last win at Sandown over today's trip, good to firm, similar conditions. Um, over the same trip, uh, same course. I mean, this this one is, looks pretty obvious to me. And I would say beat on the blind side um, prior and is one pound better off here. So looks pretty obvious to me. Um, I think the um, on the blind side, I can see this one maybe running into place, but I think you never call should be the favourite here. Um, and to me, uh, looks difficult to beat. Um, if you go through the form, um, it's all pointing towards this one. Yeah, it looks like this has been been a target. Cheltenham was probably just um, uh, attempt her for connections, you know, just to to, to have a run. But uh, yeah, I think all roads have been uh, back here with this one, like because like you say, won this race a couple of years ago, and also as well, we'll be having a second run after a wind up. So me and Mark agree again. You never call is our selection, and Paul is going to be staying loyal to indefatigable. So that rounds off the five races we'll be covering at um, Sandown on Saturday. Before we finish the podcast, of course, we always have our any other business section or any other bets you could interpret that as well. Um, come to Paul first. Uh, is there anything you'd like to talk about? Um, another horse that you fancy running over the weekend or an issue you want to talk about uh, regarding the sport at the moment? Well, I suppose we better uh, tip the cap to to Harry Skelton who was ground champion jockey earlier on this afternoon of course we are recording on Taurus so I think yeah we better hats off hard work has paid off and um, definitely as well uh, congratulations to or hats off to, to Brian News not congratulations he's not going to appreciate that for finishing second but tip of the cap to Brian News as well for, for pushing Harry Skelton I thought that they certainly brought out the best in each other and it was it was very exciting to watch for the last week or 10 days Um you know, so definitely well done to Harry Skelton. Deserve success. Commiserations, but definitely t- thank you to, to Brian Hughes for, for pushing them and making it as exciting. Yeah, definitely. It's been a, a spectacle to watch over the last uh, few weeks. But Harry Skelton, to be fair to him, has just been riding like a man possessed. He has had his critics a few times, you know, like maybe going a little bit too early, committing for home with some horses. But he, he's just been unstoppable and. I remember when I was at Sky and we brought out the form figures uh, since February. Harry had been riding uh, three times the amount of winners that Brian Hughes had been doing in the same period. So I think that's what really um, clinched it for him, his his recent form. You know, Brian was just kind of ticking along, whereas uh, Harry was just riding a crest of a wave. And that's what's seen him over the line eventually. But I think it's great for the sport. You know, it means next season we could have quite a few people 
few jockeys contesting for the championship. You know, it's not just going to be Skelton and Hughes. We might have Harry Cobden, Sam Twiston Davis might want to throw his hat in the ring. You know, a few now that they've seen Harry um, do the job, it might inspire others to to have a crack at it. So yeah, hopefully we get some more competitive jockeys championships. How about you, Mark? Is anything uh, you fancy elsewhere, or anything you want to talk about? Yeah, just sort of reflecting on the, the jockey style, I mean, it has been quite relentless over the last two weeks. Um, obviously, Harry Skellens just sort of pulled away um, over the last couple of days. Um, I think I think Brian Hughes, I think there was a, maybe about two weeks ago on a Kelso meeting where he, he had two opportunities, two short ones, and he got beat on finished second. I think that's been Brian Hughes' sort of Achilles heel. He's, he's finished in second too many times. I mean, if you look over the last two weeks, I mean, there's countless seconds, maybe a few potentially could have won with. Um Obviously, I'm not trying to dampen her on Mr. Skellen here, but uh, I mean, if you're riding the best horses, um, you've got the best chance of winning. And he, he did get a great book of rides. Obviously, got some support from Paul Nichols, Ollie Murphy. Um, obviously, Dan Skellen, he put in horses, you know, novice hurdles, handicapped jobs. I mean, most of them, to me, maybe some of them maybe got a bit of stone in hand. Um, I know he rode one yesterday, he's fives on, you know. Uh, it makes it a lot easier. And then if so you do look at some of the starting prices of Brian Hughes over the last two weeks, I mean, he's, he's not really getting that many favourites, which Dan Skellen's running all the fancy runners. So a lot of averages do tell you, I mean, you're obviously, you've got a fancy Mr. Skellen here. I think as well, I said it before, I think the the race programme and that and, and the weather plays its part over the, I think yeah. the North gets gets a bad run, but I think the race programme as well favours them and favours jockeys in the South. Absolutely. Know, Absolutely. probably... Brian's probably done exceptionally well to finish as close as he yeah. did indeed to win it last year. Yeah, if you look at obviously the Donald McCain stable form compared, he was a big, they're a big supporter of um of Brian Hughes compared to Harry Skellington when it's chuck and cheese. Um and again, just puts credit to Brian Hughes and how close he got. Um I think did they not lose a lot of meetings because of COVID as well. Are they coming for you there? Is that siren at your door, Mark? I'm s I, I live in an affluent part of West London. Um so I don't think they're coming for me just yet. But um, I uh, yeah, I think that credit credit is true. I think he got he got close, um, and obviously they went absolutely full out. Um, There's probably a lot of Dan Skellen runners that probably should have been on the holidays, but they got kept around just to get Harry over the line. Obviously got the Ollie Murphy support, got a couple of steering jobs, novice maidens, hurdles. I mean, you add it all up, it was very difficult for Brian Hughes. The only thing I would say, or the only thing I'd finish off on, I I think. What does need addressing is the not seeing the, the top two jockeys every day at the festival going head to head at Cheltenham and at Aintree. Yeah. I would like to see that. Obviously, they need to be supported by trainers and that. But I don't know what how you would. I'm only thinking off the top of my head. I don't know how you would you know pencil that in. But it just doesn't make sense having the the, the leading two jockeys not at the, the best races. Yeah, that's very true, but with the way the festivals have been going recently, I think you've uh, got to be riding an Irish horse instead of a British horse. So maybe maybe we need to do something to make it more of a level playing field, but I think that's a, a debate for another day. But yeah, that's all we've got time for um, in this week's episode. Thanks to Paul and Mark. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to all our podcast platforms, which include the likes of Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. So whichever one takes your fancy, make sure you subscribe. Also as well, don't forget to follow us on Twitter where our handle is at in the saddle pod. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you soon.